Hello and welcome to the All or Something Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Kepler, and I'm a recovering perfectionist who made the choice to swap rigidity and impossibly high standards for joy, ease, and flow. Now I'm on a mission to boldly build an impactful, insanely successful business and to help other women do the same. So if you're ready to up-level and step into the next version of yourself, then join me as we commit to imperfectly designing the business and life of our dreams. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 98 of the All or Something Living podcast. For a second there, I almost forgot where we were. Uh, I was like going to say 89. Um, dyslexia is kicking in today. <laughs> so this episode... Um, we're going to talk about how to keep an open mind and a heart during challenging times like this. And by challenging times, I'm just going to call it out the divisiveness of our country right before election day. Things have just been really tense and I know a lot of us are feeling it. My blood pressure has been through the roof and yeah, it's just been um it's been a really hard season for me to navigate and I'm honestly relieved that election day is just around the corner. That way, you know, at least some of this tense um I almost said tensity, but I don't think that's a word. Some of this tension will go away. So if you hear somewhat of a lisp during this episode, um Jason tells me I don't have one, but I'm self-conscious about it. So I just got some liners from Smile Direct Club. I am finally straightening my smile that I've been self-conscious about for quite a long time. No, this episode is not sponsored by Smile Direct Club. I just wanted to, yeah, warn you about my potential lisp. So if you feel like I'm speaking differently than usual, that's why. Okay, so... I just want to say before I get started today, like this is going to be a really raw, real episode. So if you're not in the headspace to get deep into your feels, maybe now is not the time to listen. You can bookmark it and come back. Um, And I encourage you because sometimes, you know, I feel like we avoid discomfort uh, because obviously it's uncomfortable. And sometimes we're taught... like the modern way of talking about discomfort and triggering is that you avoid anything that makes you uncomfortable or anything that triggers you. And I've definitely fallen into that trap of trying to avoid any sort of discomfort. I've recently realized that I am completely avoiding uncomfortable conversations like constantly. And maybe that's not the best approach for me. Um, And so I just encourage you to dig into those conversations or that, you know, sort of if it's like media or whatever it is, um, maybe not necessarily media because I don't watch the news or anything, but whatever it is that you feel triggers you or whatever, don't always avoid it. Just try and wait until you're in the mental space where you can handle it. And that's why it's so important to take care of yourself on a regular basis Practice those self-care routines, which if you don't have one, my online course Vibrancy On Demand can help you set up an entire routine for your self-care to help you just be able to show up more fully as often as possible. The enrollment for that opens on November 9th, and I'll talk about it in a little bit more depth later in the episode. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to say that first of all, and then I'm going to be really real with you here. I'm just, I'm going to speak my truth. I have tried to stay quiet and people please and tiptoe and not like upset anybody. 
um, for a long time. And I'm just at the point where I just have to speak my truth. And in doing that, it's coming from a very heart-centered place. So I have family members and friends who do think very differently than I do. And if you're listening to this right now and you're one of those people, I just, I want you to know that I am coming from a place of love and attempting to understand and I'm not demonizing anyone and and that's you know I'll talk more about that but that's what I'm really just working more on being intentional about just focusing on love more than anything and so sometimes you know thoughts can be so conflicting and um and certain feelings and stuff but I really just as a compassionate person just want to try and understand the human spirit and and just humanity. So that's where I'm coming from, even though I'm analyzing things and feelings from both a logical and emotional perspective. But just know that if you're somebody that's in my life that does have different views than I do, if you're listening to this, you probably already know how I feel. And we've already had conversations around this. And, um, and so I just want to continue to let you know that I am sharing, I'm showing you love and you can always have So you can come to me and talk to me about your feelings about this as long as we, you know, remain respectful and again, open hearted. That's what matters most to me. So just wanted to throw those disclaimers in now that you're all warned. And if you're still here, um, thank you for sticking around. I am excited to talk to you. So. Like I said, I've been struggling, especially with this political climate, and I think part of that is just being an empath and picking up on what everybody's feeling. Like, I just feel this constant collective, like, stress and, um, how do I describe it? I just, I feel this tension. I guess that's the best way I can say it. Just this, there's, like, tension in the air, and I don't know if you can feel it too, but, like, Oh man, you guys, it's oh, so, uh, and what I'm seeing is on all sides of the spectrum, um, as in the Democratic side, the Republican side, and you know what, I hate to narrow it down to just those two, like you're either with us or against us, you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, or you're a Trump supporter or you're a Biden supporter. I hate that we're doing that and we're boxing people into these categories, but for the sake of being able to describe what I'm saying here and, and just kind of everyone's major thought process around all of this, um, that's how I'm going to describe what I'm talking about in this episode. So when I say on all sides, I'm saying both sides, Republicans and Democrats. I'm seeing people being mean-spirited, being disrespectful, being immature, And, you know, it's no wonder we're seeing our leaders during the political debates doing the same thing to each other. And they're not putting on a show of how you um, how you stand up and you really fight for the good of the country and you show people basically, I don't think what they're doing is coming from a compassion, heart-centered place. I think it's coming from a very egoic place. It's for the sake of winning um, in many cases. And I myself have even been guilty of this. I find satisfaction when I see Trump being made fun of or 
um, being called names. And I've had to really catch myself on that because I have to remind myself at the end of the day that this isn't about bullying. This isn't about, again, being right. This isn't about like making people feel bad about themselves or whatever. This is about really fighting for what you believe. And I think the reason that it's the tensions are so high is because the stakes are so high. That what what is at stake here for this election, I think, feels so much more close to us and more important than it ever has before. And hence why so many people, so many more people than usual are voting this time around. Because I, and again, just being so honest with you, last election, I hadn't voted since I was 18. And I, and I feel, now I feel kind of... Um, I wouldn't say bad because I didn't I I didn't really know any better. I didn't know how to go about it because I didn't really have strong feelings about what was going on in the world or the candidates and I think I was so busy in England for from the time I was 19 to the time I was 22 that I was just like, "Oh, it doesn't affect me because I'm not in America anyway." And I still, at such a young age, didn't know who I was. When I was in my early 20s, I especially didn't know how to figure out like who I am, what is it that I believe. I only had the opinions of my family and people growing up that I was surrounded with. And so, and, and yeah, I think maybe social media wasn't as prevalent and, and I didn't know like where to research and yada, yada. So anyway, so I hadn't voted and then the 2016 election came around and I, again, I try to be very open-minded, um, and not just vote based on like the party that I feel that I'm in or because like so-and-so is voting for this. Like I, I really want to be intentional and informed, and so in 2016, I was like trying to decide who do I want between um, Hillary and Trump. And I was just so overwhelmed. And like I had talked to a few people. I remember I called my brother and he almost convinced me to vote for Trump because he was like, oh, he's a businessman and he tells it like it is. And he's going to um, he's going to like do something different and and like all these things. And I was like, hmm, interesting, but I just didn't feel it. But then I didn't feel strongly enough for Hillary. So then I was like in analysis paralysis. And in my mind, I'm thinking, no way Trump's going to get elected anyway. Like this guy is a joke. Right. And, um, and then it came around and, and every, everyone was so upset when he got elected. And, and I think I'm just going to be honest, like I think that people thought it was going to go worse than it has, not to um, not to diminish like how things have gone and, and the way that I feel now. Um, but I really genuinely was like afraid that the world was going to burn, which it feels like it is. Again, it's really complicated to share this, but I did I did think that it was going to go worse than it did. And, um, so now I'm definitely like, we're caught in this place. And this is what sucks about politics is that you just feel that you're caught between like, these are the two options that we have to choose from. And maybe this has been a wake up call for all of us to recognize, you know, so many of the youth and so many people have gotten into that complacent area where they feel, oh, my vote doesn't count anyway. My voice doesn't matter. 
And, and I really do feel that even right now, just, um, seeing what we have available to us. And I'm like, is this a matter of like money or power? The way that like Trump is able to influence people really makes me nervous. Um, and I took a, in my English class a few semesters ago, we were studying the impact of like people who are influential like that with their words and the way that they speak and how they demonize others and, and yada, yada. And, um, like talk, we studied things like Hitler and just oligarchies and all that stuff. And, um, how, how words are so powerful and they can have such a huge impact and, um, and I know sometimes people say, oh, why is everyone so sensitive about words or the way things are phrased? Because words really are powerful and impactful. You can get like, I, I got injured and hurt a lot as a young girl, and I don't remember half of that, but I still hold on to some of the words and things that people said to me when I was a young girl. And so they can really make a huge difference. And so, um, I forget where I was going with that, but, um, yeah, just in general, yeah, words are, (laughs) I lost myself a little bit there, but, um, words are very powerful and, uh, oh, so I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't end up voting and then here we are. And now I think more than ever, we're getting to this place where we're seeing the impact of us just not caring and becoming complacent and not speaking up. And so I really feel like it's been, this year has been a call for me even as somebody who feels that part of my purpose on this earth is to make a difference, to make an impact on humanity. And I think that's the reason that I am so compassionate is because I am supposed to help bring more love into the world. And I do that through speaking about what's important to me from a real honest place. And I am not always right. I am often wrong. I say things that I regret sometimes, um, but I am trying my best and I'm stumbling through this. And at least I'm doing that versus just shutting down like I used to. So I've been digging in to a lot of Brene's Brown work, Brene Brown's work. I feel like she's really helping me navigate this. And I keep thinking to myself, like, what would Brene Brown do here? How would she think? What would she say? And also even just rereading the book um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I actually bought it in print. I had had it on audiobook and I bought it in print and I'm also going through and highlighting everything. And I'm just finding these women role models that are very strong, very compassionate women who are very smart and are able to be um, level-headed, but also speak about what feels important to them, what they're passionate about from such a from such a grounded place, I guess. And they're giving me the courage to also do the same. I think that when you speak from a place that is like um, angry or bullying or mean or one-sided, you can really lose a lot of credibility in that way. And so, and again, with words and just being influential, I think um, I think it's just so important to be intentional 
and to know as much as you can what you're talking about. And so in this episode, I'm sharing my internal conflict with you. And this isn't to push my agenda or tell you I'm absolutely right in everything that I say and everything that I feel, but I'm sharing my thought process with you so that I can illustrate the complexity of being a human and forming well-rounded opinions and beliefs. So what I'm about to say in this episode might offend you. And if it's too much for you, then you're always welcome to turn this off Or you can stick around and dig into your own thoughts and feelings about what I'm sharing. Sometimes I listen to podcasts or I listen to audiobooks where there are parts of it that I'm like, yeah, yeah, I feel it. And then some parts where I'm kind of like, I don't really agree with you there. Let me look more into it. And then some parts where I'm like, oh, I absolutely don't agree with you. But either way, I use that to explore my thoughts and feelings. So it either helps me explore and expand on something, or it helps me really dig into a belief that I already have and make me realize, oh, like this belief is really, um, it's really in there and it's really important to me. So it helps me also to decide what I feel passionate about. And I'm sharing all of this because I think it's relatable. I think that maybe more than we, more people than we realize are having this internal conflict and feeling like, Oh, is there something wrong with me? Should I see it this way? Should I box people into a certain category and demonize these people and praise these people? Like, how do I do this? And especially if you're young or you're still living at home um, or you're in a relationship with someone who has strong opinions that you feel are different than yours or family members or whatever it is. So I just hope that in sharing this, it helps to normalize the difficulties that many of us are having in navigating our current political climate. So I noticed that lately, or I mean, I always, I think as it gets closer to election, it becomes even more prevalent because more people are coming out about it and being more vocal But I have been literally having a visceral like body reaction to when I see Trump supporters, when I see them wearing signs, when I see them wearing hats in the gym, um, when I see them with their face masks that say it, like I'm literally just like my heart starts racing, my body tenses up, I start sweating, like I get physically angry. And the, the other day we were out watching football and my mom was texting me, just telling me what she's doing for the day. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch, um, my niece so that your sister-in-law can attend the Trump rally. And I got sick to my stomach and I was so like, oh my gosh, the rest of the day I was like, oh, like I have this like cringy visceral reaction. And I've never had that for another president. I rarely have that reaction to people. Um, and I, I just, I don't know what it is, but I, my brother, um, had asked me a few weeks ago when I was down visiting them, you know, he's like, let's get into a conversation about why you don't support Trump or how you feel about him and stuff. And I was like, just to start, even before we talk about his opinions on things, I'm like, I literally have a negative physical reaction to him. 
And I have a very strong intuition and gut instinct. And whenever I have felt that feeling about somebody, like I said, it's been rare, but every single time that I have had that feeling, I've been correct. Um, as in like they did something later on to like prove that, you know, and I do think that Trump has done enough things to really make himself like to, to, um, to validate why I feel that way. But I have a hard time even seeing him speak or being able to listen to him as much as I try. And I really do try. That's the truth. And so I'm working on balancing that reaction. So not allowing it to have so much power over me because, you know, that's first of all, not good for my health to just have my heart rate jumping like that, to just feel like I'm in fight or flight mode all day long, because honestly, these people are everywhere. These people with these masks and these hats and yada, yada, and it's everywhere, especially right now. And for me to, For me to really get through, I guess, this season and, and again, to, to have an informed opinion and, and to, yeah, I don't even know how to word it, but um, I just, I feel that it's important for me to ground myself and to remember that these are people, these are human beings. And so I'm trying to zoom in on the people and I want to pay more attention to their heart and intentions than who they support or what their beliefs are. Because, I mean, realistically, I don't know why they support him. And oftentimes I'm too afraid to get into that conversation, I guess, because I am also afraid to like hear the truth about these people that I care about. Like, do they really care? And again, coming from a very honest thought process, do they really care about um, black lives? Like, do they care about my fiance, soon to be husband in a few days? Do they care about my son? Um, do they care about the gay people that I love so much? Uh, what does their heart look like? And so I try to focus more on that than to just box them in. Oh, you're a Trump supporter. You're a shitty person and just leave it there. I think that's the easier approach to take because then you don't really have to deal with that internal conflict and it's just easier to, you know, cut somebody off or, um, put a barrier between you and them or their hearts. Like it's, it's a lot harder to actually dig in and to, again, have those conversations of why do you support this person that spreads so much hate? Um, so this is something that I talked about on my Instagram stories yesterday that a friend of mine was like, oh, the youth needs to hear this. This is so important. And I feel that this is important too, because I grew up in a very traditional household where we were raised Christian women and men were told, these are your roles. Here are your elders. You don't question them. You never disrespect your elders. Um, and, and again, with emphasis on the male and female roles. So women were taught to be quiet, to sit down, to shut up, to just focus on cooking and cleaning. And they don't really, you know, you don't really as a woman have to get involved in politics. Like your husband will know what to do. He'll tell you exactly what to think and what to believe. And he's going to be such a strong, masculine, dominating male that you will be too afraid to question him anyway. 
just being totally completely honest on that front and um so i was i was scared of men and i've been really intimidated by men and even i had a conversation with my dad this summer on the 4th of july and we've had a lot of talks i'm actually thankful that as an adult i'm able to have these discussions with my dad now and just openly disagree with him on things and he often brings up the bible and he talks about how in the Bible, um, it, they say it's important to be meek and that even he chooses to be meek and women are supposed to be meek and play small. And, and I just don't feel that. I don't feel, you know, and he openly tells me things like, I think that you should be meek. I don't think that you and Jason should be living together before marriage. I think that's a sin. And, um, and I just am like, you know what, I, I've i explored your feelings and your thoughts on that. I've, I listen to you. I, I'm hearing you out, but I just still just don't feel that. I never felt that I'm somebody that's designed to be meek or play small or little. I'm not even designed as a small person. <laughs> like I am this 5'9 girl with broad shoulders and and like, uh, maybe not big bones, but whatever you call it, I am not small. And so I never, I, I think that I was sent here to, um, make some waves and, and I've always felt that internally. And I feel that my dad is such a more powerful person than he realizes. Um, but he never really allowed himself to explore that because of his belief that he read from the Bible that he's supposed to be meek. Now, again, that's just my personal opinion on that. I could be wrong. Um, and you know, but I just want to share my thought process on that. So, so because of how I grew up, I literally learned to believe and not question everything that I was told. And especially when you're, if you're somebody that's maybe been in the Christian faith and, maybe you're still deep in it or, or any sort of religion where you're told to believe this and not question it. Because if you question it, then you're not a real Christian. And I remember this guy once told me word for word, like, if you don't believe everything the Bible says, you're not a real Christian. And I really have tried over the years to, to internalize this, to take this stuff in and like really, really critically think about it. And I'm just like, that fucking doesn't make sense. Like that is ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I, I learned how easy it is to get brainwashed and, um, to be manipulated and the tactics that are used. I saw that from my sister and my brother growing up. My sister was a master manipulator growing up. I think that my, I always say like my brother and sister should have been lawyers, especially my brother. And he is in law enforcement and he is, um, he's actually studying political science, but I've always said that they should, because they are, they are really good at arguing their points. But when you start to dig into them, um, and again, learning critical thinking and actually like being able to dig into things like that, which is something Jason has taught me, like really listening deeper. You can poke a lot of holes in their arguments and recognize that, um, they, 
And not to call them out because I can do the same thing. Like if you're arguing from an emotionally based point, or again, if you're arguing for your religious views and trying to, um, trying to convert those into like political beliefs, which shouldn't be related. Um, you can really like, I, what was I trying to say with this? Okay. I remember. So it's really, um, so I used to have this, like this view of the world, right? Where I felt that, um, that my experience was everyone's experience, that how I saw the world was the way that everyone saw the world. And I didn't recognize that if you, there are so many things that can determine the way that you see the world. Starting from who your parents were, who your siblings were, what was your family dynamic growing up? Where did you grow up? What was your neighborhood like? What were your friends like? What were your parents' friends like? What were the challenges and barriers that you had to overcome growing up? Then when you grew up, did you travel? Where did you travel to? What kind of things did you see? What were your negative experiences in life? What were your positive experiences in life? Like there are literally just so many ways that shape a person. And when we realize that... um, we see the world how we are and not how it is. It shows us and demonstrates how selfish we are in our view of the world. And this is what I hear in a lot of arguments from people who don't realize that they're looking at the world from their lens. And what they're doing is saying like, oh, this is my experience. I've only seen this happen. So this is what must be true. And a good example of that is when President Trump got the coronavirus and he sent out that tweet afterwards that said, stop or in in simple words, like stop worrying about this coronavirus. It's no big deal. And yes, maybe it wasn't a big deal for him. But there were so many people who have been negatively impacted, not just by deaths, which is huge, but also the way that it has impacted the economy and um, relationships, the divisiveness of wear a mask, don't wear a mask, and families really struggling with that. There are just so many things about this year that does like to say that it wasn't a big deal because it wasn't a big deal for me really dismisses the experience of other people. And I have found as I've grown up that honoring the experiences of other people, while I may not understand where they're coming from, is just so important. And that's part of developing empathy. And that's why I really dig into Brene Brown's work, because she talks about that a lot, of developing empathy, which means like... I may not understand exactly what you're going through, but let me let me mentally go to a place where I had an experience maybe similar or try and relate to you in any way that I can and just sit with you there. Instead of denying that, well, I tried that and it was fine for me. I came from a poor home and I was able to grow up and get rich and yada yada. So you should be able to also don't complain about this. But instead to say, wow, I know what it feels like to struggle and I can meet you there. I don't know exactly what your situation is now or um, how, how deep your struggle is, 
but I just want you to know that I, I recognize and it's, so it's meeting somebody where they're at and then walking with them. And if you want to take it a step further, meeting them where they're at and helping them up, helping them out. Brene Brown describes this as seeing somebody in a hole, like somebody falls into a hole. Sympathy is standing at the top and saying, uh, the top of the hole looking down and saying, oh, sorry, that sucks for you. And empathy is jumping down there with them and helping them out of the hole. So um, that's been a really big lesson for me is just being able to be with people as hard and uncomfortable as it is. And this might be an uncomfortable conversation for you. I have to say I am pretty uncomfortable too, but I encourage you to try and pay attention to what the discomfort might be teaching you. And I know people often get upset when politics are brought into like influencers, like if an influencer talks about politics or somebody that you admire, maybe you've been listening to my podcast for a while and you really do respect me and admire me as a person, but then you're like, oh, I've lost all respect for you because you're pushing your political agenda on here or because you believe differently than me or because of the way you're talking about Trump and his supporters and yada yada. But I just feel, as I kind of said in the beginning of the episode, that this year, more than ever, it's made it obvious that like life is kind of very political right now. You can't really ignore it anymore. And, And I've always been someone who's not a very good liar. I'm not really good at faking things. And if something is on my mind... I, if I don't let it out or if I don't um, express it in some sort of way, that's when I get depressed. That's when I get anxious. That's when my self-esteem goes down. Like this feels important to me. And because I have a platform, I'm going to use this platform to share my truth. And I encourage you to do the same if you feel called. I see so many people that go on to other people's platforms and like fight them on there. Like say if you were to come at me, go onto my Instagram and like tell me all the reasons why you think I'm wrong and you want to argue with me there versus I like I don't go onto other people's platforms where they're like pro Trump, Trump 2020, yada, yada. And say, oh, Biden 2020, like that is a waste of energy to me. I'm going to go around, explore what people are saying. And if something kind of hits me in a different way, like I'm kind of like, oh, that's on my mind. I can't stop thinking about that. That must mean it's important to me. Let me explore this a little bit further. Maybe I'll journal about it. Maybe I'll meditate on it. I'll talk to Jason. I'll talk to someone. And then if it keeps nagging at me, that's when I recognize, oh, there's something here. It feels important for me to actually like share this, which is the position that I'm in right now. And so I get to that point and then I use my platform to share my side. So it is really beautiful, I think, to watch different people on their platforms just like say what they need to say versus going on like one person and they're just fighting. You know, if you really want to make an impact, go on to your platform and speak your truth in, in an honest way. And well, I guess truth is honesty, right? But, um, I think, you know, what I'm getting at here before I start rambling. So I've heard things about Trump rallies and, um, 
this is, I think this is why I got so disturbed when I found out my um, sister-in-law was going to one because it really makes me nervous when I hear about people spreading hate or brain using brainwashing tactics or using power um, and really manipulating people into hating the other side and dehumanizing them. This is something Brene Brown also talks about in her work about how dangerous it is to dehumanize. That's some of the tactics that Hitler used in um, in what he, what went down with him. And so I heard from somebody that used to be a Trump supporter and go to Trump rallies. Uh, he described what it was like. And a lot of it, he said like 70% of it is talking about like talking shit about the other side, really, to put it simply, um, and talking about like spreading hate and anger. And it feels more like culty to me than actually um, like, oh, we really believe in this cause because of this. This is why it's important to us. Let's really like make the world a better place by doing this and this and this. My ideals just feel completely different. Like I wouldn't want to support somebody to shut somebody else down. I would want to support somebody to make the world a better place and to redivide the United States and things like that. So, um, and I've seen a lot of Trump supporters this year that have like announced, I'm taking off my hat. I can no longer stand this. I don't like how, you know, he pushes so much hate and the things that he says about people and the way he speaks. And, um, and so I just hope that, that as a compassionate person, like maybe if you are, um, like whoever you support or not even just related to politics, but just as the person that you are, I hope that we can all learn to see things with more compassion and more love and to recognize that it's not, it's not, I want to say supportive. It's, it's not really helpful to hate on people. And that's, I think, why I've been so drawn to the idea and concepts of self-love and women empowerment, because it's all about raising people up. One of the first things that I learned when I got into coaching is that there is enough to go around. And I, had, I wasn't raised with that mentality. I was raised with this hustle, um, fight for what you, for the things that you have. Like you have to fight really hard and work really hard and um, because there's not enough for everybody, but learning that there's enough to go around and that more love begets more love and more hate begets more hate. Like, what do I want more of? And so, I, yeah, that's just another reason why I think it's important to really pay attention to who we're supporting, how we're supporting them, the things that they're saying, and does it really match up with my ideals in my heart? Because I'm really fearful, honestly, that if I had never left my hometown, if I had never seen a different world, if I had never met Jason, I might have been one of those people at a Trump rally just listening to what I was told and not really thinking anything different. And now I'm just going to say that conservatives and Republicans argue that the same thing happens with the left. And that's what's really interesting is on both sides, people are saying, well, you don't really know what you're talking about. So like, what is the right answer? Who really knows the right answer? I don't think anybody really does, because honestly, that's what life is like, too. Like, we're all just making it up as we go. 
Uh, all we can go off of is just, again, our, like what we know and what we've explored and what we've learned and, and use our critical thinking skills, not just our emotion, but a mixture of our logic and, and our, um, intuition women. That's very, I think that's very important as a woman that you learn to tap into your intuition. So I have all these feelings and these opinions, and there are so many people that refuse to be Trump supporters. And that's also been a big conflict for me because I'm like, if I chose to not associate with Trump supporters, I would lose, first of all, like all my family, almost all of them. I would lose a lot of people that are really important to me. And for what? Because I boxed them into a category and I said, um, and I know, I know that's a really controversial thing to say. It might be selfish on my part because I don't want to lose my family. But burn in, read Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. And that'll kind of help, I guess, put what I'm saying into better words. Because she even talks about that, that like conflict of like, you know... <laughs> how, again, how it is so easy to just write somebody off and to just dismiss them. I've, I tried that approach and yes, I've had to set boundaries of course this year, but it didn't feel right in my heart to just cut those people off and to just like dismiss them and say, you're dumb. You don't know what you're talking about. Yada, yada. I don't, I don't like that. So the big argument is there is a difference in core values when you support someone like that. Like it's not just about politics at this point. It's about like humanity and what are your values? What are your morals? And I do agree with that. I don't understand. Um, I, I don't understand certain aspects of this, but and I go through that same dilemma. I'm like, how can I be friends with somebody? How can I love somebody? How can I open my heart to somebody that believes these things about how certain people should be treated and, and doesn't fight for the rights or acknowledge the fact that some people do need some extra help and support. But it is a little bit harder to demonize these people that you grew up with and that you feel so deeply for. And I would be hypocritical to say that, um, I would be hypocritical to say that, like, because I always say if you, for, say, like, my small town that doesn't really have many black people, um, I always say, like, if you had black people close to you and you really, like, knew them and experienced them and you loved them, you might feel differently about everything that's going on. The same way that I feel differently because I am so close to Jason and Jalen. And so it makes you see the world differently. It makes it real. You might see the coronavirus differently if you had a family member that died from it, that got really sick and died. And so I would be hypocritical to say that and not acknowledge the fact that same thing, like it makes you see the world a little bit differently when you love people so much and you just don't understand like how they can believe these things, but you want to understand them. You like, there's a, um, Brene Brown quote. I keep bringing her up, but she says, people are hard to hate up close, move in. And that always sticks with me. And I completely agree with that, that like, when you really get to know the depths of somebody and you get to the bottom of why they believe what they do, how they feel, what they do, like you really get to their core it's hard to just hate somebody. 
And that's why she says that dehumanizing people can be so dangerous because you forget that there's a human under there. There's a beating heart. There is a person with a family of people that love them or don't love them, whatever. But, um, and it's funny because my brother said, he's like, you know, if you went out to dinner with Trump, you probably would get along with him. And I was like, yeah, I probably would. Like, I'm not, I, I would be cordial, definitely. I'm sure he would be polite to me. But if he started, like, if we became close friends, like, he would probably start bad-mouthing people. Like, we just have such a difference in views and the way that we speak about people. And I think that's why in a lot of cases, like, with family members and stuff that are Trump supporters, like, they are overall, as I know them, they're compassionate people. They're loving, they're caring, um, or as compassionate really as you can say. But my experience with them is loving, like they've always been there for me. Um, I don't think that they're mean, evil people. I do have some issues sometimes with the way that they speak about others. And I don't agree with that. And I also think that looking at family lineage is so important. And there are some just patterns that have been continued. Doesn't make it right, but it's just something that I put all together in my assessment and understanding of a person. There just really is no black and white answer. There is no just simple way to look at it. So, um... Something important that I've been working on since I've been trying to keep my mind and my heart open is trying not to just box people into a category based on who they support without asking them questions or really getting to know them. Instead, just like instead of thinking, oh, that's a Trump supporter, they must feel this way and this way and this way. Because technically, like I have a mixture of opinions on different things. Um And so, and I don't like hearing about the radical left spoken about so negatively. Like, I hate that people are like, oh, snowflakes, radical left in the way that like Trump talks about the radical left, even though I'm not somebody who identifies as a radical left, honestly. Um, But I don't like hearing people spoken about that way. So why would I want to put every Trump supporter in the same category? Again, that's hypocritical. So for me, it's important that I know who they are person by person and when I can just like really hear them out. Have I practiced that? No, I've had a really hard time because as I said, I have that visceral reaction to it and like I want to shut down, which I'll talk about in like a minute. I know this episode is running long, but I just like this is just so important to me. Um... I want to really practice knowing people person by person and and starting to listen more and hearing them. And I always ask Jason how he does that. Like, how are you able to just hear somebody out and keep your emotions out of it? And he's like, because not everything is about me. I can disagree with somebody and still hear them out. And he's so good at standing his ground and just, you know, being in his power But then I go back to, I genuinely don't understand how you can be a compassionate person and support someone like Trump. I just, I don't understand it. I don't know how people can hear him speak and think, wow, that's my president. What a badass. And um, I saw that on a TikTok video the other day, like this, this person was going around a Trump rally saying like, why do you support our president? And this woman said, he's a badass. 
he or three reasons why she's like he's a badass he loves our country and and that's like all she said and the other like thing that were the other way that that people are being manipulated at is like oh if you don't support donald trump you don't love our country or if um if you support biden like or if you if you have problems with our country like I had made a comment on the episode on racism with Jason that like we were like, when was our country really that great to begin with? And my brother was really offended by that comment. And he wanted to tell me all the ways why America's great. And, you know, I was like, I hear you. And I think that you kind of took it the wrong way. And so many people get offended. So it's instantly like, again, back to that dehumanizing thing. Like, oh, you said there's problems with our country. Well, fuck you. You hate America. And I'm not going to listen to anything that you have to say. I'm going to discredit everything you have to say because you criticized my America. And so I think that's really dangerous as well. I think it's also important that we recognize that like critiquing something or having a problem with it doesn't mean that you're anti-American, that you, I mean, what's the point of being an American if you just think, let's just keep it the way it is forever and just be complacent? Like, I love America so much that I want to make it a better place. I think this place really does have amazing potential. And yes, we are blessed in so many ways. But there are a lot of problems, too. And if we just sit here and say America's perfect and there's nothing wrong with it, we're not going to get anywhere. So anyway, you've heard all my dialogue, my internal dialogue, and you probably see by now how back and forth I am on this. This is life. This is what it's like to be human. There is often no clear-cut black and white and correct answers. So what I'm doing now is just continuing to explore my feelings stay open and see the humanity in all people. And I know that I put a lot on you here and I got really passionate and I give no apologies for that. I, as I said, feel that it's really important for me to share my truth. And if you heard me out through all of this, I just really appreciate you and, um, and I love you. (laughs) No other way to say it. So Here are some tips that I got from an Instagram post yesterday, and this is just how I'll close out the episode. And this is about keeping an open mind. And this comes from the at, obviously, the period holistic period psychologist. I'll put their name in the show notes if you want to check them out. I just felt that these things were so good that I had to kind of go through them and share my thoughts on them briefly. And, um, this really spoke to me, I think, because these are the, these are five things, five things I struggle with the most when it comes to being open-minded. And again, being a human is always, means always committing to growing and understanding yourself on a deeper level and admitting when there's something that you can improve on. So here I am. So number one is I can hear new ideas, concepts, or beliefs without mocking them or shutting them or shutting down. Shutting down is something that I do more than anything. Mocking them is something that we've seen, especially in the presidential debates, the vice presidential debate, like just the way that we are treating each other is not okay. Then the next one is I'm able to ask questions rather than make assumptions based on my own perspective. Again, your perspective looks so different than anyone else's. 
that in order to try, even begin to try and understand someone else's perspective, you have to dig in and ask questions. And I struggle with this as well. I go, I think the human brain is just wired that way to just like make connections, make assumptions instead of just, and that's, that's part of boxing somebody in, but instead just say, well, let's dig deeper. Let's get curious. Next is I consume a wide variety of content, not just content that solidifies my worldview. Again, a very difficult thing to do. I struggle with this as well, but it is really important to dig into both sides. Even if you don't agree with one of the sides, it can help you at least understand better and solidify your own beliefs even more. Or as I like to do, just kind of have a mixture of views and beliefs. And obviously the things that you feel very passionate about, you're going to have a strong opinion and belief and that's, that's okay too. Um, because I allow myself, uh, yeah, this is the last one because I, oh no, there's two more because I allow myself to evolve, expand and change my mind. I allow others to do the same. And that's something I think about too, when, you know, someone will bring up, um, like a, an opinion or, or a belief that like, say a politician fought for like years ago, I don't really care what they voted on in 1990. I want to know what their opinion is now, how they came to this. I would love even if they would acknowledge, hey, I did believe this in the past, but I got this new information and here's why I changed my mind. That would help me respect someone even that much more. So give people an opportunity to evolve and to grow. Like I said, that's what it's all about. And then last one, I can engage beyond my ego and its need to know everything or to be right. Probably of all these, this is my hardest, my biggest struggles, my ego flaring up all the time and me needing to be right. And, oh, I don't want anyone to see me as being weak or um, perceive me as like, oh, them thinking that they're winning this conversation or this argument or whatever. <sighs> Gotta let the ego go gotta just human to human heart to heart let's connect let's talk and that's all I have to say about that <laughs> thank you again for listening um vibrancy on demand enrollment begins November 9th like I said because I talked so much in this episode I'm not gonna really go into it if you want more details go to laurenkepler.com sign up for the freebie on my homepage, or you can always come find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kepler and chat with me in the DMs. So that's all I have to say this week. And I'm excited to talk to you again next week as finally a married woman. Um, but until then, I just want you to know that you are enough and you are doing enough. <laughs>